Hermann Hesse was a German author. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1946, the Nobel Peace Prize in Literature. His most famous novel is called Sid Arthur. And Sid Arthur was a book that dealt with a spiritual journey of self-discovery of a man named Sid Arthur. And this was Hess's ninth novel. And it was written in a simple style. It was published in the United States in 1951. And it became very influential during the 60s. The word Sid Arthur is made up of two words. Siddha, which means achieved, plus Arthur means what was searched for. And when you put those two together, you get the meaning. He who has found meaning of existence or he who has attained his goals. The word crucible means severe test or a place or situation in which concentrated forces interact to cause or influence change or development. Carl's time in the military was a crucible in which his leadership skills were developed and honed. Two ideas here. The idea of attaining our goals. The idea of a spiritual journey of self-discovery. And the test. The hard road. California love. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. This is Stephen Thompson, and I am here today to talk to you about ideas. Ideas that matter. Matter to you and the work that you want to do. I believe that we all are here with a gift, a talent, and ability, and that we want to do our best work on a daily basis. And this month, I am podcasting, talking on a daily basis, and I'm talking about music and history and all together. So let's look at the music of Tupac Shakur, and I'm looking at the song California Love today. So California Love was Tupac Shakur released this in 1995, and this was a comeback song because Tupac was imprisoned, and he came out in 1995, and this was his first single, and he was a new artist on Death Row Records. California Love is one of his most widely known singles and considered one of his most successful. Got to number one on the Billboard Top 100 in 1995 when it was released. The song had a lot of samples in it as well. And Dr. Dre actually produced California Love on the album All Eyes on Me. So the original version contains a sample taken from a Joe Cocker song, Woman to Woman. Also, a remix had samples taken from a band named Clear, 1986 song. And the chorus... California Knows How to Party was sung by Roger Troutman and used his talk box, which was taken from a 1982 song, West Coast Pop Lock. And he also sang Shake It, Shake It, Baby, which came from a chant he used in his 1982 single from the band Zap called Dance Floor. 
So this idea in the song of love, and, and the love especially is directed towards the state of California, which where I happen to live today. I love the state of California. And throughout the song, he talks about neighborhoods and I actually know where all of these neighborhoods are in California that they talk about. And many of them I've traveled to, I've seen, and it's a, it's a great place to live. But this idea of love, loving where you're at, staying where you're at, and often loving where you're at means that you have to go through the crucible, a test, to be able to maintain what you love or even acquire what you love. Slave marriages. Now, most slave owners wanted their slaves to marry because they believed that married men were less likely to be rebellious and run away. And even some masters favored their children for religious reasons, like slaves getting married for religious reasons. And the plantation owner thought it was in their best interest for women to have children. So what they did on these plantations is that children started to be able to bear, slaves began to be able to bear children around the age of 13. And by the age of 20, the woman would be expected to have four or five children. Now, what slave masters would do is that they would encourage childbearing on the plantation. They promised the women slaves their freedom after they had produced 15 children. 15 children. Now, there was a study of slave records by the Freedmen's Bureau of 2,888 slave marriages in Mississippi. 1,225 in Tennessee, and 1,023 in Louisiana. And it revealed that over 32% of these marriages were dissolved by masters as a result of slaves being sold away from the family home. So, also what some of the narratives, when they went back and read some of the slave narratives, some person's people wrote that no colored man wishes to live at the house where his wife lives, for he has to endure the continual misery of seeing her flogged and abused without daring to say a word in her defense. Another narrative, an individual pointed out, if my wife must be exposed to insults and the passions of wicked slave drivers and overseers, heaven forbid that I should be compelled to witness the sight. So here we have love, the, the love of the two slaves who love each other. We also have the crucible, the test, the test of watching someone you care about being treated poorly. And how do we go through that crucible? We, we walk through crucibles in our lives every day, but how do we maintain our love while we walk through a crucible? Think about this. We have our career. Now, insert your career. You could be an educator. You could be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. You could be a musician. You could be a welder. You could be a computer programmer. And that career is what you love. If you're a doctor, you love being able to meet with patients. And you love being able to talk with somebody and heal somebody and feel the joy of somebody taking your advice and changing and getting well. Maybe if you're an accountant, you really enjoy filling out tax forms. And when someone comes to you, you feel needed and respected. If you're 
a computer programmer, you enjoy the idea of programming and coding and then watching your creation come to life on a screen. That's the love. But then we have the crucible. The crucible is something in the middle that separates you from what you love and becomes a test or a battle in and of itself. Now, as a leader, do we insert a crucible into our team's day-to-day? Or do we connect them to directly with what they love? And connecting your people in your workplace with what they love means connecting them directly to their work and moving them forward in it. So let's say if somebody is a doctor, your advice should be around the medical profession, moving them forward. So let's say if somebody's a doctor and they come in late to your meeting, you don't discipline them for being late because being late is not their profession. In fact, this concept is talked about in Post-traumatic slave, post-traumatic slave Syndrome by Joy DeGroote. She talks about this concept of cultural differences and how in the Western society, in the United States, if somebody's late for a meeting, when the person comes into the meeting, they are upset because this person has disrupted the meeting. But in an African country, when a person comes into a meeting late, everybody stops because they're happy to see the person there in the meeting. Now, this is a difficult concept, right? Because we think, well, this person is disrespectful. This person has missed the meeting. They've disrupted the meeting. What if this person was in a car accident? What if this person just got off the phone with their mother who was going through chemotherapy? What is more important at the time? Them being late or them being acknowledged? Now, this all has to be in context, right? If you're a doctor, you don't want them late for a surgery. And if you're a first responder, you don't want them late for a car accident. But in our worlds, the most of the time of meetings is anybody's life on the line. Ask yourself that. The next time somebody walks into a meeting, and if you're just doing, if you're you're doing good work, but you're doing work that isn't urgent in the moment. So what I mean by isn't urgent in the moment, that means at the end of your five-hour meeting, you're going to produce a document. That means it isn't urgent. Now, if at the end of your four-hour meeting, you're going to launch a spaceship, or if at the end of your four-hour meeting, somebody's going to have an open-heart surgery, yes, that's urgent. But for the most part, a lot of work that we do, if it's just simply producing a document that could be used maybe weeks down the road, and if somebody comes in late, don't criticize them for being late. Acknowledge that they are there, that they're present, and what's more important. In fact, let's weigh the two out. Let's say your coworker comes in late. They had just got into a car accident. Let's ask, well, why are you late? Was there anything I could do to help you get here earlier? Come from a place of empathy. Come from a place of compassion when we're working with people. Because what's the most important thing we want? We want people to love what they do. And they chose what they did long before some of us came into the picture. I always told myself as an educator, as a school principal, that the teachers I worked with, they chose the profession before they chose me. So by the time I arrived on the scene, they may have been in the career for many years. So they made a decision long before they met me to go to college to graduate from college, to take and pass multiple tests, and they did all of that. So a lot of times professionals 
you go through that crucible right in high school when you when you show up at your first job out of high school you've not gone through a crucible you're just showing up at a job so if you're working with a professional and you're a leader of professionals when they get in front of you remember the crucible remember the crucible that they went through college exams classes tests late night studying everything that's involved in getting a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or a phd remember that journey and what did that journey look like there was time there was investment there was also hard times pain when somebody comes in front of you acknowledge that and move forward from that we can't just simply move forward with our opinion and then think nothing of the person in front of us. At that point, can we ask ourselves if we really are interested in the other people or are we simply interested in moving ourselves forward? We can move a community together and move that community together forward and be successful and be profitable without being offensive without marginalizing and without being myopic in our focus of our own personal achievement. You can do this. We can do this. We can move forward from a place of compassion, empathy, humility, thinking about the people in front of us every single day. So we're all going to walk the crucible. We're all going to go through the test. And wouldn't it be better if while we're going through the crucible to, to help somebody move forward in that crucible, you see, you're either going to be in the crucible or you're going to know somebody in the crucible. And in our times where we're not in the crucible, let's remember somebody who is and realize that they may need help getting through the crucible. They don't need criticism. Criticism is not helpful. I'm pretty sure a lot of people already have ideas in their mind on how to move forward. But what they do need is support, advocacy. That is what people need in the crucible. And that is what love is, California love is. Helping somebody to move through their journey with support, with encouragement, with advocacy. Thank you for listening to the Stephen Thompson Experience. This is Stephen Thompson. What I want you to do today is look up at the sky. And when you look up at the sky, I want you to look up and I want you to say thank you. I want you to put your feet on the ground. I want you to stand and let it feel underneath you. And I want to think for a moment, this is what I have. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm grateful for what I have. And then look around at your surroundings. You have a phone. You have access to internet, you may have a car, you have a house, you have friends, you have a community. All of these things are blessings that are unique to you. Be thankful for them. Also, for a minute, think about what you've been blessed with and be grateful for it. And then also, think about somebody else. Somebody out there who may need compassion, who may need care, who may need help moving forward. At that point, help them move forward from a place of positive empathy. Think about this. I heard the term, you know, people need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And Martin Luther King said it's a cruel thing to tell a shoeless man to pull themselves up by the bootstrap, by their bootstraps.
And if you see somebody without shoes, both literally and metaphorically, maybe let's enter into that conversation from a different place. Thank you so much, and we'll have a great day. Bye-bye.